It's football season, but who cares? In today's episode of the Couch Coach Podcast, we preview the Eastern Conference. I give you my Mount Rushmore, and we welcome someone new to the man cave. Let's do it. We praise our team when they win and curse the coach when they lose and screaming loud at the screen. Get in the game, stupid. Who's the best? Who's the worst? Who's the GOAT? Wrong name? Be prepared for the roast. You're not tuned into the couch, coach. What is up? Welcome back to another edition of the Couch Coach Podcast. You're listening to the Couch Coach. I'm Steven, and I am here to talk to you about some basketball. We are roughly six weeks away from the start of the season. I know most of you are trying to kill time watching football and maybe we're getting towards the end of uh, baseball, whatever whatever that nonsense is. But nevertheless, we are starting training camp before too much longer. Teams will be going, uh, they're already finalizing deals, bringing guys in for camp deals and uh, getting those rosters up to 18, 19, 20 uh 20 uh, players and then uh, they'll start cutting things down of course trying to get that final roster down to 15 before the season starts here in about six weeks so lots to talk about here we've uh we've already gone through the free agent timeline and we've gone through the uh, a lot of the larger trading periods so um rosters are starting to get set before the season of course there'll still be a few things of course there's always going to be a woge bomb that floats out there you never know what's going to hit you but uh in the meantime um, it's time for us to gear up, and we're going to start off today. Uh, we're going to start off our next two episodes here with a preview of the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference uh, landscape. This uh, this episode, we're going to go over our Eastern Conference landscape, and we're going to discuss that in uh, in depth a little bit. Now, I guess I need to apologize to a few people. I went in a little bit on uh, LeBron James in our last episode. Um, and I want to apologize because you got your feelings hurt, not for anything that I said. I mean, let's be honest. I, I stand by what I said entirely. I think what I said was entirely accurate. Um, it doesn't change, uh, how I feel. I guess I do feel a little bit bad for you, but, uh, I certainly don't feel bad for LeBron and I stand by my comments and that's all there is to it. So if you have any more thoughts about that, or maybe something I'm going to say today, don't forget you can email me and tell me exactly how you feel by contacting me at steven at couchcoachhoops.com. That is S-T-E-P-H-E-N at couchcoachhoops.com. You can also follow me on Twitter on at uh, couchcoach, couchcoachhoops. All right. So let's get into it. Speaking of LeBron James, we're just going to start this right off the bat. Uh, the Cavs are going to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I'm not happy about that. Uh, it's not something that I, I enjoy saying. But once again, we see that the Eastern Conference is a, a pretty much a, a one-horse race. Um, it, there's not really a team that can compete with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But we will talk more about that, about two teams that could potentially at least play spoiler a little bit, barring an injury. But what we're going to do here is we're going to start from the bottom and we're going to work our way up. So I'm going to start with uh, the team number 15, and we'll go through these, uh, especially down here at the bottom, pretty quickly. And then we'll get into our playoff picture and our early season predictions for um, for these teams. Okay, so uh, coming in at 15th, I need to apologize for all you Brooklyn people out there. That's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are – they're just – 
they're just rubbish. I don't I don't know what that team is doing. Um, it looks like they've had they've been in the decline ever since. Um, you know, their Russian owner took over, and that team is just in chaos. I will say this, though. The addition of Sean Marks as their GM, uh, the only place to go from here is up, and I think Sean Marks is the, is the, is the guy for that job, and I do think he is going to change some things around for them, um, but it's going to take some time, and it's, it's going to be something where I think they should model the 14th place team, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the 76ers, man, trust the process. Well, you trusted it, and it hasn't really got you anywhere. And so we see that uh, the 76ers team has a little bit more um, of a mess than they bargained for. And now it's like, okay, are we still trusting the process or are we moving on from the process? A little bit of a lost identity. Personally, I thought what Sam Hankey did was uh, was genius. I wish more teams followed it. If you're going to tank, just 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 tank. Um, but the Sixers have found themselves in a mess where they're holding on to uh, three of virtually the same players in Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, and uh, Joel Embiid. And I think that two, at least one of those guys has to get traded, but preferably two because there's just not much that you can do with those three guys. There's not there's only one ball to go around. So uh, hopefully uh, New Orleans Noel gets, gets out of that mess because I think he's the best of those three players and he deserves a little bit better. Number 13 is the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic, uh, you know, they're they're kind of starting uh, turning over a new leaf here. They've got a couple things that they've uh, a couple pieces to grow on. Of course, they traded away Tobias Harris last year. Um, now they've traded away Victor Oladipo to the Western Conference. They've gotten Serge Ibaka, but I just don't think that that team really has enough to really um, to do much. It looks like they're you know on a on a upward climb as well, and it's going to be a long upward climb. Serge Baca, Alfred Payton, there's a couple other guys in there, but that that team is uh, really not not much to look at right now. Maybe down the road, I think they do have a bright future, but uh, it's it's not looking good for the Magic for at least a good three to five years. Uh, number twelve, we have the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, wow, what a fall from grace, right? And uh, as you can see, there's not many Heat fans left. It's funny how a couple of those years will do. Um, Heat are Miami is definitely the biggest losers of this offseason. Losing Dwayne Wade, uh, inexcusable. There's no excuse why Dwayne Wade should not be in a Miami Heat uniform, especially after those under the table deals where we were all pretty sure that he was uh, getting some kind of, you know, off the table agreements for post life, uh, post basketball life, and what he was probably going to do legally or illegally with the. Uh, Miami Heat organization, but nevertheless, they let him walk, and then their young kid, uh, uh, what's his name, Tyler Johnson, I think, uh, I could be wrong on that, but uh, just just tore his MCL, looks like he might be out for the year. Um, Of course, they are getting Chris Bosh back, it looks like it, if he can get cleared by his doctors and management can all agree on, on a deal, but I just don't think that team really has enough and that loss of Dwayne Wade is really going to hurt them and they just don't have any fans because the reality is is most Miami Heat fans are fair-weathered fans and that's all I have to say about that number 11 the New York Knicks and I really want to put this Nick team up higher I would really like to put them into the playoffs but I just can't yet there's so many um, unknowns about what this team is going to be they're bringing in Joachim Noah who is injury prone and a little bit of a head case uh they're bringing in Derek Rose who is injury prone and a lot of bit of a head case um you have Carmelo Anthony um and and who knows what he's got left in the tank great Olympics but don't know how he's going to look going throughout the throughout the NBA season um and I just don't know if that team can fit uh as as that unit goes 
Oddly enough, I think their two best players right now is the young Kristap Porzingis, who is awesome. He's he's going to be the future of the NBA. And I really love that Courtney Lee signing. I really wish that uh, I could put New York up there a little bit. But unfortunately, these veterans, these older guys, are going to be the demise of the New York Knicks because I don't think they're ready for a changing of the guard yet. And that's a sad, sad reality. But uh, the Knicks will be a fun team to watch. They'll be in a lot of close games. I have them at 11th right now, but I could definitely see a few things breaking right for them and that pushing them up a little bit, maybe to that uh, 10th or 9th spot. Possibly in a best-case scenario, they could get in at 8, but I'm going to keep them at 11 for now. Number 10, the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls are number 10 purely because of, let's all say it together, the best basketball player on that team, Jimmy Butler. Um, Dwayne Wade is entirely too old to be taking over and leading a team. Love that he's going back to Chicago, but as I already said, he should stay in Miami. But that is Jimmy Butler's team. Uh, It has nothing to do with Jimmy Butler, though. The problem is Rajon Rondo. Um, Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade uh, and Jimmy Butler, as much as I love all three of those guys in their right, who's going to shoot the ball? You're taking Mike Dunleavy off the court. You're taking uh, Dougie McBuckets off the court. Um, unfortunately, that's just going to be a mess for those guys, and I don't I don't see that, that uh, trio working. Um, I would love this team if Dwayne Wade were not on it, and you could have Rajon Rondo who could work with Jimmy Butler, but having all three of those guys on the court is just going to be a cluster. So best-case scenario for the Bulls this year is a 9 spot, but I'm holding them in at 10 and could definitely see them sliding down to uh, 12, especially whenever Dwayne Wade gets injured yet again. All right, number 9, the Washington Wizards. We've seen the Washington Wizards in the past. They've floated right there at the top for a long time, uh, kind of in that four or five spot. But the reality is, is they're just, they don't have enough pieces. They can't really get over the hump. I see them missing the playoffs for the first time. Number eight, the Indiana Pacers. I think we see Paul George really put this team on his back. The Indiana Pacers have gotten very interesting this offseason. They picked up Al Jefferson. They picked up uh, uh, Jeff Teague in a trade. And they're going to be very uh, interesting. They're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, They're going to be the eighth seed in the playoffs, and they're going to be a scary eighth seed. I can definitely see this team uh, making a couple leaps ahead, maybe getting up to that seventh or sixth seed, making some noise in the playoffs. Um, but as of right now, I have them locked and loaded in the playoffs at the number eight seed. Question is just going to be chemistry for that team. Seventh seed, the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are uh, what has often been called as Spurs East. I think it's time to remove that stigma from them, remove that logo. That's not that they're not the Spurs. They're not the Spurs of the East. They did sign uh, Dwight Howard this offseason. Um, that's going to give them an inside presence that Al Horford really couldn't give them. With the loss of Al Horf- Horford, I think it gives them a boost on the defensive end. Do think it's going to hurt them on the offensive end. Plus, they lost Jeff Teague, so that team is a little bit in flux. If uh, there is some shifting moving around, you could definitely see uh, maybe a Knicks team. uh, Maybe they jump up a little bit. Maybe they push into that eight seed and uh, Pacers can move up to seven. I don't know. Maybe the Hawks could miss the playoffs. But as for right now, I'm going to err on the side of caution with Mike Boldenholzer and say that that team stays in at the seventh seed. Number six, the Bucks. I'm giving the Bucks this number six seed based purely off youth, and I'm hoping that this is the year that Jabari Parker, um, the Greek Freak, and maybe some of those other young guys can uh, at least lock in there, start to turn a, a corner here, and maybe have a, a little bit more of a future. So we'll see what Jason Kidd does with those Bucks in there at the sixth seed. 
Number five, the Detroit Pistons. I really like the Detroit Pistons. Um, they're definitely interesting. I love the uh, Tobias Harris signing that happened for them last year. I thought that was great. Um, on top of that, they got some more size um, with Boban Majanovic from San Antonio Spurs. That was my boy. He's there now with uh, Andre Drummond. Of course, Reggie Jackson is there. I really like Stanley Johnson. I can see this team being a legitimate five seed, possibly contending uh, for a four seed, and they could give uh, some bang and some power um, to the to some of these upper tier teams. So look for the Detroit Pistons to be on the rise in the future. Uh, number four is the Hornets. Now the Hornets are an interesting team because I think that they're coming together with the right amount of synergy. They've got the right pieces. They're not the best pieces, but they have the right pieces and they form an interesting team. I really like Nicholas Batum. I think he's going to have a great year. They got Marco Bellinelli now, who's uh, going to space the floor for them a little bit, and it's going to make it for a very intriguing year for them. Uh, follow after that, we have the Toronto Raptors coming in. Toronto, of course, um, you know, they've been right there on the cusp. They've been right there for a while. Uh, I thought DeMar DeRozan had a great Olympics. I thought Kyle Lowry was serviceable. Um, let's look to see what the Raptors can do. They still have to get over that hump. They're still going to be the third best team in the Eastern Conference, which that's not really saying much. Um, you know, we the North. Well, it's time to do something besides just chant we the North. This is your opportunity. If there's going to be a team that can actually knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think the Raptors have the second best shot. I don't think that they can do it, obviously, but uh, there is some opportunity there. There's some actual opportunity. Okay, um, after that, you have the Boston Celtics. Now, I love this Boston Celtics team. I think they are fun to watch. They are definitely one of the more interesting teams that's in the entire league. Um, I love Coach Brad Stevens. I think the Boston Celtics have the right amount of pieces under them. I do think that they're a trade away from legitimately beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it is about what kind of trade that you can get. They need a Gordon Haywood um, for from a shooting uh, guard's perspective. They need another big body to really pair down there with uh, Al Horford now. I would really like to see them make a run at Blake Griffin. I think that would be a perfect fit for for the Celtics but I don't know I don't know what Danny Ainge is going to do it's going to be interesting and then of course last but not least you have it your number one seed the Cleveland Cavaliers as much as it pains me to say it but that's going to be Cleveland now the interesting thing about Cleveland that I, that, uh, that I that stands out to me is two things number one they've lost Matthew Dellavedova to the M- Milwaukee Bucks now that might not seem much on the surface I think that's going to play a role. I think that's uh, going to be some feistiness to that team that they're going to miss out on. We're going to see how they come back from the championship layover, see if that makes a difference. Number two is going to be what are they going to do with Josh, excuse me, with J.R. Smith. Um, looks like a little bit of a lost cause. Looks like a little bit of a misidentified role. Looks like he's uh, wants a piece of the pie too. How those two players, uh, one being gone, one remains to see see if he's gone or if he sticks around. Uh, of course, the loss of Mozgov now to the Lakers, not that he played much, but what is that going to do to their depth and what will it do to their future? So there you have it. That's your lineup for your Eastern Conference. That is your Eastern Conference preview. What do you think? So I want to talk to you real quick about your extra money that you have. You know, it's true. Our economy is really booming right now. I mean, things are great, and most people have more money than they know what to do with. Because of that, people are starting businesses all over the place. And a lot of times people start business businesses, and there's so many things for them to spend their money on that they just they can't keep up. 
So um, what we've noticed here at the Couch Coach Podcast is that people need more things to spend their money on. And so what they want to do is they want to spend money on advertisement for their business so that they can be more profitable. So against our better judgment, we've agreed here at the Couch Coach Podcast to give you an opportunity to take some of that extra cash flow that you have and you can donate that to us and in return we will advertise your company right here on the Couch Coach Podcast. That's right. We will do that for you. I know. I couldn't believe it myself. This offer expires. All right. It's not going to expire. But the point is if you want to donate and have us talk about your business, you can do that. Email me. Steven at CouchCoachHoops.com. Love you. Oh, all right. It only took a few episodes, but it's finally come up. The question is this. Couch Coach, who's on your Mount Rushmore? I hate that question. I hate that we summarize who we love and why we love them just based off of a Mount Rushmore, off four players, which doesn't make a lot of sense because so many players transcend the game. They transcend decades. They transcend styles. So who is your Mount Rushmore of all-time NBA players? I just think that question is silly. Um, But nevertheless, I have a Mount Rushmore, and I think it would be crazy not to have a Mount Rushmore. So... Um, what better time to talk about it than in the off season, whenever everybody's not like you know diluted by who's actually playing in their face? And I'll tell you this right now: my Mount Rushmore has no active players on it. So in this episode of Honey, Can You Get the Kids? I'm going to give you my Mount Rushmore, starting with Mr. Larry Bird. Now, Larry Bird to me is definitely on my Mount Rushmore because of what that guy did in his era that has already been lost on today's era. First off, Larry Bird was the master of the trash talk. Guy could just confuse you with his trash talk, and that's why I loved him. Um, Watching a lot of his older highlights and uh, what the guy used to do in the 80s, the way he played, he was slow, but he outthought everybody. He was smarter than every player on the court. He could do more with a ball fake or with a simple, you know, ridiculous slow move but he could also get to the right spot quicker than you could and he used his body so for that in my uh first entry into my mount rushmore i'm putting larry bird's big old face up on my uh up on my mount rushmore so honey if you could uh could you please get the kids all right number two i'm gonna stick with the boston celtics here but i'm gonna go back a couple decades and I know I'm going to get hammered for this a lot because, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, an easy pick and there's a lot of questions about it. But uh, also up on my Mount Rushmore is Bill Russell. Now, Bill Russell, there's a few players um, from that time period, you know, from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, who could play in today's game. I firmly believe that Bill Russell, if he played in today's game, would easily average a double-double. I go back and forth on Bill Russell um, between Wilt and Akeem Olajuwon, who in my mind um, are, you know, some of the best big men in the game. Of course, there's Kareem. Of course, there, you know, some people could say Shaq. But for me, it's Bill Russell. Bill Russell, to me, was dominant in his day, not just because of how he played, but 
uh, excuse me, not just because of who he played, but of how he played. He worked Wilt Chamberlain. The guy was a winner. That's all he knew how to do. He's locked in on my Mount Rushmore. Honey, can you please, can you please get the kids? Number three on my Mount Rushmore. Um, I'm going to get called a homer for this, and I've just decided I don't really care anymore. Like, uh, you, you can't stop greatness. So number three on my Mount Rushmore, clearly, hands down, no questions asked, Timothy Theodore Duncan. Um, he just retired, and, of course, he's sitting in the man cave right now. And uh, good for him. He deserves that. I mean, he gave a long and productive career. But Tim did it every single night. He was he was uh, known as a big fundamental. He played the game the right way. He played smart. He played stylistically, but he also played smoothly and under control. He kept his emotions in bay, at bay. He he was a stone cold killer. Okay, he's a winner. That's what he did night in, night out. Every time he was on the court, he was. He was he was a legitimate threat to win the game, and that's the way that guy operated. Um, he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore for every single person who's ever watched the game of basketball. Honey, can you please get the kids? All right. Last, and I'll say least because um, he's just not really that good of a guy, but there's still no arguing, you know, what type of a basketball player he is. He's hands down the greatest basketball player to ever bounce a ball. He's the best of all time. He's, in my opinion, the best that ever will be. Michael Jordan. Now, it's important for you to note that there there's not another person that's better than Michael Jordan. And you, you, you can't convince me otherwise. So I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about it's Kareem. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about it's Magic Johnson. I really don't want to hear any nonsense about it's LeBron James. I think, for the most part, it's pretty unanimous at this point. It's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. He's he's on everyone's Mount Rushmore. If you have left Jordan off of your Mount Rushmore, I want you to contact me. I'm going to have you on the show, and I'm going to argue with you and tell you how ridiculous you are because there's no better player on the planet than Michael Jordan. Honey, can you please get the kids? Here's a quick place for you to put an advertisement shorter than a YouTube skip ad. It would be great for you, yeah. Skip ad. Welcome to the man. Okay, in our final segment here of the Couch Coach podcast, I'm going to welcome someone into the man cave. And uh, in this episode, we are going to welcome the one and only Alan the Answer Iverson to the man cave. Now, I'm doing this for a very special reason, for a special reason. Now, of course, AI has been retired for quite some time. Of course, had his ups and downs in the National Basketball Association, but was just elected to the um, Basketball Hall of Fame uh, this past week. And I have to tell you, by far, one of the best speeches I think I've ever seen um, of anyone going into the Hall of Fame and was about one of the realest speeches I think I ever saw. Um, My personal favorite was when he talked to 
uh, Coach John Thompson from uh, Georgetown and just talked about how Coach Thompson essentially saved his life and uh, as well as Coach Larry Brown. You know, Allen Iverson is going to go down in history as being one of our most influential players to ever play in the National Basketball Association. Um, It's a little bit cliche now, but by far, pound for pound, one of the toughest competitors to ever bounce a basketball. I mean, six foot, maybe 185 pounds, 190 pounds, not entirely sure. what how, but he was small man and he just he had so much heart he attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and was just a tough as nails competitor not everything he did was right but you see him now in his later life as he's older as he's matured um and as he looks back and he he even realizes that he didn't do everything perfect um the amount of humility that he has now almost forgives the amount of arrogance that he had when he played. Um, And to me, that's impactful. We'll never see another player to have that much of an impact culturally and change the entire game the way that AI did. I mean, even LeBron to a point, LeBron hasn't changed the game culturally the way that AI did. AI was so impactful to the community. For, you know, first guy with cornrows, first guy with the you know the gold chains and medallion and the big diamond earrings that was just in your face about it and didn't care. You know, when you look, whenever he won his MVP award, and he's wearing that big T-shirt and the headband and the, or the bandana and the you know the gold chains, it's like. That was never done before, but the thing is, is he could back it up with his play because he played like he was six foot nine, you know, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred forty pounds. Could jump out of the gym. He just played heart every single night. Um, I think it's also unfair. I want to just say this: um, if you haven't seen uh, the full interview of the practice quote, or you haven't seen the documentary on Allen Iverson, please go back and do that because it's unfair that Allen Iverson gets the label that he gets for that whole we talking about practice interview um i'm not even going to ruin it here for you i'm just kind of teasing it and i'm plugging it for ai please go back and google that and get the full scope of what had just happened because there's so much more to that we i i know i was guilty of it for a long time of just going oh that's ai man he's he's just complaining he's a you know he's selfish he doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to practice couldn't nothing could have been further from the truth um he was just—he was a guy that the media hated. Um, most of our typical um, cultural, uh, you know, basketball minds—they hated his style. They hated who he was as a, a, a as a person more so than a basketball. They labeled him, a, you know, a thug. And I think he might have had some questionable, you know, decisions and some questionable questionable character at times. But when it came down to it fierce, fierce competitor. I can remember my dad not really being an Allen Iverson fan, um, but just being in awe of him and just talking one, one day as, as I was, uh, kind of, uh, you know, starting to get older and starting to realize the game of basketball and my dad just, just being so blown away at his quickness and has his heart. And it was, I can remember watching that finals, um, Series where he was basically carrying that Philadelphia 76ers team up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And AI was just getting killed in the paint and just kept going and just kept going, kept going to the rack, tough as nails. Um, 
the game of basketball is better because Allen Iverson played it. And I think we need more Allen Iversons in the NBA today. I don't know if we'll ever see another Allen Iverson, um, but I really hope that we don't because it makes the memory of him that much sweeter. So uh, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Really glad he's there. Wish he could have gotten a ring. But more importantly, Allen Iverson gets to be appointed to the couch coach man cave. So AI, welcome. Kick your feet up. You know, hang out with Coach K, Ray Allen, Tim Duncan. Enjoy yourself, man. You've earned it. All right, guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up this edition of the Couch Coach Podcast. I just want to say thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for clicking. Thanks for following us. Please email me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tweet me. Uh, you know, Comment on Facebook, whatever it is. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you're interested. Let me know what you want to talk about. Season's going to start soon. I'm getting excited for it. I'm getting ready for it. I hope you are too. We're going to talk about a whole lot more stuff coming up in the coming days. That's all I got for you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the Couch Coach Podcast. Subscribe today and never miss another episode.